So we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, thank you everybody for registering for today's training. It's our second in the series of grants management best practices series. Prospecting is government funding right for you. Again, um, if you haven't done so, put your name organization in the chat. We will be recording this. Um, we want this to be an interactive um, session, so we want you to ask questions and you can do that by either putting your questions in the chat or by raising your hand. And as we go through the presentation, uh, just be thinking about how the information being presented um, best fits into your organization. I also want to thank those of you um, today who attended our training last week, County Grants Announcements and ARPA Eligibility and Compliance, um, that provided an overview of all the grant opportunities the county currently has. If you weren't able to attend, uh, you can find the recording and follow-up information uh, will be on the website. It isn't there yet, but it will be there in probably the next week or so. If you did attend that training, I encourage you to complete the session evaluation. We and just want to know how we can better um, improve on our sessions. So um, please complete complete that session. Um, next slide. Today's, um, so welcome, I am Barb Lawrence, uh, the Grants Coordinator with the County and the Department of Finance and Budget uh, within the Program Evaluation and Research Team. Uh, Megan Cox is not able to be with us today, so I, I welcome you on her behalf. With us today, uh, we have Tracy Albertstein, who is our ARPA Nonprofit Grant Specialist, <clears throat> who will do a review of county funding. Um, and she and Tom Tracy, our grant support specialist, will present on assessing organizational readiness and activity. Also with us today is Daryl Simpson, our grant analyst, who will be presenting on federal prospecting tools and processes. We'll have a question to answer. Um, again, please, however, ask those questions throughout. Um, we'll do a closing and next steps. Um, and with that, I'll turn it over to Tracy. Uh, thank you so much, Barb. I, I wanted to do a quick uh, recap of the last session and, and just highlight some um, main takeaways uh, from those. So last Thursday, October 6th, uh, we held a training that included a county funding overview, uh, which detailed the different opportunities open to nonprofits in Loudoun County um, through, uh, through the county government. Um, and then our colleague, Christine Powers, uh, wrapped up with ARPA um, more broadly across uh, the country and federal uniform guidance. So their contact information for each of the grants administrators are up there and in the materials uh, from uh, last week, which will be up on the website soon. And then the two main resources um, that um, were in um, accordance with the training was the county funding overview packet, um, which shared all of the county opportunities on a schedule with like the amount of funding available, contacts for each of the programs and web pages for more information or their applications. And then we also had the ARPA and federal compliance uh, FAQ. Um, 
and um, that uh, addressed um, uh, ARPA funding, of course, um, but I also wanted to highlight that um, the ARPA funding is some is for some of our nonprofits was the first time that they were stewards of federal dollars. Um, and we want to use that as a gateway and set up for this next present, uh, this presentation on uh, uh, government prospecting. Um, so on the next slide, so again, two main takeaways uh, from that presentations with the county funding overview um, more broadly, yes, you saw all the different opportunities, but I wanted to highlight that each of the opportunities um, comes from a different federal or state funding source, and they each have their own um, grant requirements and compliance requirements, even though it passes through the county. Um, and that, that means for us that there are different restrictions with how the money can be implemented by our board of supervisors and then thus administered um, through grant opportunities by our staff. And um, with the ARPA half of the presentation, um, I wanted to highlight that again, like federal spending for that law is winding down and we've heard from all of our nonprofits that the need is still there. Um, while at the same time that ARPA is winding down, the county revenues for their FY24 budget are tightening. There's uh, flattening revenues uh, across the board. So, and if you want more information, uh, I can follow up with um, the outlook that was presented at our July 2022 Finance Government Operations and Economic Development Committee meeting. That, that's a mouthful, <laughs> uh, but it's item 17 and um, it's under public record. So uh, we could share that with you separately, but um, the county revenues are tightening. So all that being said, it's really important to diversify your uh, funding and the county is looking forward to supporting nonprofits um, to not rely so heavily on the county uh, county funding as the biggest like part of their uh, revenue streams. Um, so given all of that information uh, that we just shared, uh, and even if you did not attend uh, the last session, do you have any reflections or um, questions about that? I have some polls and prompts, but I wanted to leave some space for um, you guys to share now. You can raise your hand or write in the chat. And again, I'll leave some space. <laughs> Do, organize, do organizations feel that they're ready to apply for federal funding? You can either raise your hand or put yes or no in the chat. I have a poll too that I can share. Bear with us, we're testing this tech. Well, I am, I'll speak for myself. I'm testing this for the first time. So if you wanna indicate your level of comfort with applying for it, um, that would be great.
So it looks like we take a, I don't know if you can see the results, but it looks like um, more than half of uh, our participants um, are, don't feel that they're ready yet. And then um, I think, Barb, you asked a great question about how many had applied federal funding before. Um, so I can, <laughs> I have a, a poll for that too, but I really want people to, to talk if they want to elaborate. Um. So this is Val Walters from the Ryan Bartel Foundation. We're ex kind of exploring um, additional funding, but, you know, just trying to understand what the um, reporting requirements are for federal funds. I know with ARPA, it became a little more stringent. And so as we're kind of exploring that, we just want to make sure that we have systems in place um, before we start requesting funding to ensure that, you know, we are really capable of providing the reporting necessary for federal funds. Yeah, thank you uh, for sharing that. Um, but before I came to the county, I worked at a very small um, nonprofit. Um, and I mean, we were like two people trying to apply for federal funding and we knew what funding we it was a grant that occurred every year. We knew it, about a year before we were going to apply. The first time we applied, we didn't get it. And then um, the, and then we took all of the feedback from the program officer and everything like that, um, tried again and then got it, but it, it was like a, a three-year process. And I think um, what you talked about, like being prepared, um, that even you'll be able to handle the compliance requirements, at being prepared, um, and setting yourself up is like the the best way for success. So it's it's great that you're taking that step now. And Chris shared in the chat that for their organization, they're applying for grants for the first time at all federal at all levels, and finding federal grant opportunities is daunting, and we haven't had the time or staff available to explore this option yet. Mm. So yes, it can be daunting. Um, and I, I think Daryl will go through some some ways in which to lessen lessen that a little bit later on in this presentation. All right. So there's um, nothing else. There will be other opportunities to um, reflect and, and share and, and for discussions. But um, my colleague uh, Tom will and I will go through. Um, a design thinking process uh, for uh, nonprofit grant seeking. So I'll start out um, defining design thinking, and then um, and then Tom made a, a brilliant like visualization um, that talks about the people that are involved in the decision making, and then we'll go through a kind of like a, a fun decision tree. At least I think it's fun. <laughs> Okay, so on the next slide, um, so we have an infographic that's um, that you can click on through the, the chat. 
um, that defines the design thinking for you. But basically, design thinking is an ideology of approaching challenges in a user-centered way, which nonprofits are great at. Um, so we've taken the ideology and um, there, there usually are six steps in design thinking. We've kind of translated it for nonprofits. So these six steps kind of just help you practice the ideology. Um, so, yeah, and the reason why um, we went through, did design thinking for this is because in talking with nonprofits and other funders, I think Community Foundation is here, um, we realized that the challenge might be saying yes to government, to trying uh, for government funding in the first place. Um, so, so this design thinking process, rather than going through the entire life cycle of a grant, is just um, through like uh, from the beginning of um, your mission and aligning community need to hitting the submit button um, on your uh, RFP for your federal funding. <clears throat> so you can click the link to see the infographic that kind of uh, breaks down the steps a little bit. Um, and I provided these materials separately. Um, so I'm just going to go to the next slide. And again, design thinking puts the need of the clients and the constituents that you serve uh, at the center. Um, and it does fit so well with nonprofit work because of that approach that we're driven by community need and mission alignment. Um, so with that, I'm going to stop sharing here and open up the um, tool that uh, Tom developed. Let me switch over. Okay, so before we jump into this document, I uh, and I hand it over to Tom. Um, there are a whole bunch of roles that I've um, listed here that's involved in the decision making, and um, just you know, as a, a former small nonprofit employee myself, um, I can tell you that. It, um, that it's more like hats to wear or different lenses to look through if your organization um, does not have all of these roles. I mentioned it took like three years for my organization, old organization, um, to get their first federal award. And we did have to hire um, some grant writing and evaluation um, consultants um, as uh well, the grant writing or we hired ahead of time and then um, evaluation consultants were brought in to uh, afterwards. But we did have to hire out other roles. Um, and some of the times it'll be one or two people filling out these awards. So um, but you can you can definitely do this and um, you should still consider applying. And I think preparation is key, as I said before. So with that I'm going to pass it over to Tom. And he can talk about this chart that he made to help visualize. Great. Thanks, Tracy. Mm -hmm. um, again, my name's Tom Tracy. Actually, I support Megan and the team. I I'm actually going to be the project manager for implementing the grants management system that Loudoun County wants to implement over the next several months. 
So if you apply eventually for grants from uh, Loudoun County, you might actually use the system that we're going to put together. So we that's going to be a very exciting step in uh, you know in being able to support the grants mission for uh, Loudoun County. Um, I did a, a similar uh, system for the city of Gaithersburg. I worked for them for about four years before I, I came to Loudoun County and learned a fair amount about how uh, grants, you know, the process and so forth that uh, is is that, that people go through in order to uh, apply for grants and so forth. And, and from that knowledge and from talking to Tracy and so forth about what she wants to see here, I developed these um, these diagrams. These are flow diagrams um, with uh, the, each of the roles. I'm just if just sort of walking through. This is the first one. There are three altogether, right? This is assessing the organizational readiness. The second is has to do with collaboration and developing partners, partnerships, going after some of the um, or the, uh, opportunities, and then last, you know, how to actually go through the process of developing the application. So uh, the the four swim lanes we call them at the top there basically are the hats that Tracy alluded to before. Sometimes these might be individuals who actually are they're part of their job, uh, you know, performance, whatever you want to call it, uh, structure. But many times it's just you know whatever the organization can come up with in terms of you know getting some of these uh, activities done. The important one, at least in the first four or so uh, uh, lozenges, uh, the prospecting role, I think, is something that is very important in the first part of the whole thing. And it's something, as Tracy said before, it's quite daunting for most organizations, even large ones, you know, how to stay current in this uh, in the environment where there are so many grants opportunities, not just from the federal environment, but also from the state and from the county like uh, Loudoun, but also from foundations and so forth. Um, it's a very, uh, uh, it's a huge task, but a really necessary one. Uh, th th that is in order to find grants uh, that might align with your mission and so forth, you have to find uh, you know, some way of developing a list of candidates and so forth. Um, and it's as you know, it is a big hump to get over, but uh, it's a necessary one. That's for sure. And as Tracy said, maybe, you know, a consultant or someone else like that who and there are companies that you can hire, of course, who will do it for you and, and so forth. So but it's a very important um, thing to at least be able to have that list of um, possible opportunities that will align with your uh, mission and 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 so forth uh, just so that you have something to screen through because you you are definitely going to have to go through some steps to see whether you qualify or have the capacity to do these things so coming up with that first list is really kind of the first objective then going down through um, the, the the arrows, by the way, is sort of a critical path going through this process that you can see. So number five, uh, six and seven or so they sort of once we have some uh, an opportunity that we think we might want to go after, we have to find out whether we are eligible. That requires looking at 
at the requirements and so forth. And by the way, if you look at the swim lanes, there is a project manager involved with this. So I think that it's important also that an organization sort of designates somebody as being on the lead for a particular organization. Not necessarily a prospector, that's for sure, but uh, but somebody eventually who is going to kind of shepherd the whole thing through the process and everything. So uh, that's an important uh, step to do to be able to name that project manager. But in any case, uh, the next few lozenges have to do with whether or not you're in fact eligible, whether do you whether the leadership is, is has you know is supporting it. Number seven uh, is a very important step. Uh, that is to say, a capacity and expertise. This is when you f first start thinking about whether or not you can tackle this grant application and this whole process alone, or whether you're going to have to have a collaborator or a set of collaborators to work with you. And uh, that's handled on the next slide, but that's kind of, you know, once you start looking at the requirements and you say, okay, first of all, can we write this grant? And second, can we perform on the grant once we if we win it? And you're going to have to be able to make that assessment pretty much early on in the process. And so we, as you can see, we're, we're starting with sort of a, a, a the, the top part of the funnel would be all the opportunities and slowly but surely we're just going through and making the funnel smaller and smaller until we come up with opportunities we can actually go after or with collaborators go after. So uh, let's go to the next uh, slide, uh, Tracy. Uh, yeah, the next, the next diagram, the next one, number six. Yes, yeah, good. So this is collaborative. Now, so once we've decided, we've looked at the opportunity, and we've said, okay, we're not going to be able to handle this ourselves. By the way, yeah. when I worked with Gaithersburg, they had a whole had a whole program that supported collaborative grants. Mm -hmm. Many of the of the grant instruments that they had there. Uh, required a fairly broad spectrum of uh, of activities and and um, that that many organizations were not able <clears throat> to handle themselves and so they supported and uh, they encouraged uh, organizations to collaborate through MOUs and so forth which you see in here in the presence of and, God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and in view all his excuse me um could you mute your um audio please thank you I'm good can i keep going thanks so yeah um so yeah uh, what so the collaborate collaboration process this is another challenge Right. It's hard to stay current with the, the number of opportunities out there. It's also hard to stay current with what pe what other organizations you might be able to collaborate with that complement your um, your capability uh, in a given situation. But it's also if you're very small, it's going to be necessary to be able to to stay current with that and have that kind of outreach. So assuming that we either can do it ourselves um, or we, we would do it with a collaboration. Um, then we're ready to write our application. Um, am I going too fast? Does anyone have any questions or any thoughts while I'm uh, sort of going through this? Anything, any, any miss, you know, anything that you don't really quite understand or you think might, you the, the group might be uh, 
might benefit from hearing? No? Okay, good. So let's go on to the next uh, diagram, Tracy. Thanks. So we can see our swim lanes here. Of course, we have our project manager who was involved throughout the process, basically, in trying to sort of make sure that, that everybody who needs to be involved, including collaborators and so forth, are involved. And there are two challenges, of course, as you know. One is to make sure that we can do the work once we've got it, but also that we can write this application. And sometimes, so the project manager is definitely a huge part of this. There's a grant writer role, which I think is an important role, uh, and I know Tracy does too, that you know that you have someone who's responsible for the, the actual document, because you know you really do have to drive this process along. Along, usually there are deadlines. I mean, there are always deadlines, and so you know this the the whole effort of writing the application has to be planned out. It working with the collaborators and making sure that sections and different kinds of content are, are brought in when they are due, that the MOUs or whatever is required in order you know, to back up your collaboration are, are, are there ready for the application. So there are a lot of little building blocks that have to go in through this. So a grants writer in collaboration with the project manager is a necessary step here and some people Again, go out and get a, a consultants or different people from the outside to be able to write these things. So sometimes that's a good idea. So maybe from the outside, you could look at a, a prospector or uh, and then also for the grants writer itself. So you would go through this and then you would get to the end and then uh, you would submit your grant. But it is a fairly long process. It does look a little bit like it's kind of serial, right, in, in the, the way we uh, put it together that, you know, it's one through 25. Some of these steps can be done simultaneously and so forth. It's not, you know, it, it, one doesn't absolutely require the other, um, especially putting together documentation that, you know, when you're talking, you know, that that you need as a nonprofit and so forth and, and your tax status and so forth, you'll have all of that already. But there may be documentation that the uh, the grant uh, require the grant, the grantor requires that's unique. And so you want to be able to put that together as well. But that's kind of the process that we would go through. It, it can be again uh, looking at the prospecting. That's an ongoing process, I think coming up with a list of opportunities and then also the ongoing process is you know making sure that you have an outreach to partners so that if something is too large for you to to apply for individually you can go out and and uh, employ other people uh, to get involved is it possible to make the slides full screen they're very small we can't see them too well it like you're presenting the show I'm presenting a, a PDF um, and oh. the the link and let me just the um, the link can be uh, put in the chat and, and also um, with this document um, here. Let me uh, I've put the link in the chat a few times. OK. Oh, got it. OK, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to have the ability to follow along on the PDF and watch your presentation at the same time, though. 
Okay. Thank you. Um, can you see this a little bit better now? Or is it still too hard to see? It looks better. Okay. It's better. Thank you. It's better. Can you remove the single page slides on the left side to where we're just seeing 100% of the actual PDF? I The thumbnails? I, oh, I, oh, I can do that. There you How go. about that? Perfect. <laughs> just a click away. Yes. Um, and so, uh, and and please like reflect on these uh, also uh, these resources also. Tom also did a really great um, chart that kind of defined each of the steps. Um, uh, so so you could take a look at, at that on your own as, as well. Um, so I, I that's that completes what I was going to say. Is there any questions or any thoughts on on this process? Is it a lot or is it something that everybody is doing already? Um, I just it might be useful to get some feedback on that. I would. I think it's I would, always oh, a capacity sorry. issue for nonprofits. Yeah. Yes. I agree. So. This is beautiful and, you know, we are inspired and certainly grateful for these um, steps and in the organizational management to complete it. But capacity is always an issue. Always. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I, I guess, uh, I mean, it'd be glib to just say, well, go out and get a, get a consultant. But uh, maybe that's I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, especially with the collaboration, I think it's so important to be able to have that outreach so that, you know, when you have an opportunity and, and, and you can talk to other people about it and they might even be competitors in a certain sense. But, you know, sometimes it's better to you know, if you have to have the capacity in order to uh, answer the mail for the, uh, you know, for the application, then maybe you you sort of bite the bullet and, and go and talk to people, uh, everybody that you can talk to to get it done and then share it. I don't know. Can you expand a little bit on what collaboration looks like in this space? So, for example, if we collaborate with another organization, who's responsible for the management and for the, you know, the, the reporting aspects of things? Uh, that Tracy, you want to talk about Sure. So the um, there are partnership documents and MOUs and everything that um, you can be developed, but one there there should be one lead applicant that is um, you know like uh, responsible for all of the the compliance and um, partners or sub applicants, and actually the second um, training sessions. Uh, so this is the grants management best practices section. We'll have a community partnerships best practices in, in the the next point, um, because you know it is a huge need. But um, so when you take a look at um, your gaps that are needed that you need to fill um, with partners, um, then you kind of uh, I mean, I when we did it, we talked about programming first 
And then we codified everything in an MOU. So we had like a a, a process document for how we would address um, programming. And then we wrote all of the roles and responsibilities down. But there was still um, one lead applicant that um, applied and their CEO or executive director, um, you know, signs the hits the submit button on the application. I mean, I have a question uh, for everybody. I mean, is it a common practice to have conversations with other organizations in your space? Or do you kind of stay away from each other? Or how does it how does it work? I mean, it's it's some, you know, in the IT environment, for instance, everything is very collaborative and, you know, even almost almost open sourced, as you as you might might guess. But I don't know how it works in the nonprofit or, or, you know, doing the kinds of activities you all do. Um, Do you talk to each other a lot? I'd have I I mean, I can address that. I mean, we have, uh, you know, in the human service um, sort of part of the sector, we have uh, the Loudoun Human Services Network. So we do share a lot of information. Um, I think I find that, you know, in general, we play really well in the sand together. All of us are supportive of each other in a sense. Um, but I think the biggest problem is people like nonprofits don't know how to collaborate. They don't know that process and like how to make it so that um, it makes sense. And so I think it's not a matter of us not wanting to collaborate sometimes. I think it's a matter of how do we how do we do that? Like how how does we, how do we make that work? So that that's my experience. I think, you know, we do we do talk a lot. I don't think it's that we don't talk. I think it's that we just aren't always sure under a grant. How does that work? Like, what does that look like? And and what are the steps to so that we can make it a successful collaboration? So maybe something in a little bit more detail about with these steps, because these are fairly general, right? You know, yes, yeah. outreach, what does that really mean? So maybe maybe something that has a little bit more detail here that kind of spells out what to do for second and third makes some sense. Yeah, you know, just, I appreciate yeah. the direction to say, well, you know, come up with an MOU for roles and responsibilities. And again, it's we're all going to sound like whiners, but we're, you know, it's we're head down. Yep. Just doing the service delivery. And yep. Right. So and it's always the. The argument that I think we all feel is you got to spend the money to make the money, yep. but that gets tricky because then your overhead costs start to climb here. And then now you don't get eligible for funding because your overhead is too high. And it's it's just a constant battle. But I do agree with Val, absolutely. There's plenty of opportunities to talk and collaborate. This has been a soapbox of mine for years is we just have to just have to say, this is where we need help. This is, these are the, gaps that we all have okay how let's figure out how to tackle them together and make the time and i i think um maybe for the community partnership series maybe we can have some um trainings around that um and yeah i i think that's some um great feedback so I'm, I'm going to stop sharing here at this point and then um, 
I just want to uh, have people look at the chat. There's some good dialogue going on in the chat. Um, you know, resources are a challenge. There's a question about consultants that Loudoun County has worked with in the past that are reputable that you can suggest. Um, we work with a um, the Ferguson Group is who the county works with that helps us with um, doing some of our prospecting, um, as well as working with departments to develop grants. Um, they do a lot of review, a lot of editing, but it's the Ferguson Group that um, the county works with. Um, this has been asked in other um, meetings, is it a writable contract? And it is a writable contract, um, and it would be something that your organization uh, would have to work with the Ferguson Group um, to develop that contract for your organization. Um, there's a question, a couple of things about um, estimated amount of time involved to submit a proposal. Um, Again, that varies on what uh, not only if it's a federal agency or a state agency, and it also varies within departments within the federal government. Um, so I think it's just really important to review and understand and know like the back of your hand what that RFA or RFP looks like um, to really kind of break it down. Um, but it, it does vary um, and it depends upon page limits. Um, there are some applicants we submitted a big proposal on behalf of a county department and it was 300 words. Um, so it, it was a challenge, um, but then you have other other ones where you have a 40 page um, limit. So that kind of tells you the, the breadth and scope of, of the proposal. Um, there's another question uh, that I want to come back to that was asked earlier. Um, and Allison, it was your question, how does the county anticipate the belt tightening would impact nonprofits and their beneficiaries? If you could expand a little bit on your question, that would be helpful. Sure, it was referencing what Tracy was saying earlier about the county funding. And my question was, you know, kind of, what is the county's expectations um, of that? What are their expectations of the nonprofits? Um, you know, I know diversifying funding streams you mentioned was one of them, but do they anticipate that there's any impact in our service delivery um, or the you know recipients of our services? I might have to get back um, to you with that question uh, to answer that question a little bit more fully. Um, I think the one thing that the, the, the county is doing um, to help our nonprofits is is like what we're doing today um, and putting together a series of presentations and, and workshops to better equip nonprofits to seek and to diversify their funding. So it's it's things like this um, and kind of the best practices in, in grant prospecting and in, in grant seeking. Um, so I think this is a, a direction that the county is going to provide more support for our nonprofits. 
I appreciate that. Thank you. I would also recommend, um, or I would also, you know, like at some point to have the county kind of solicit feedback about, you know, what would be helpful for us. Um, well, I think this, you know, and, and I'm just kind of echoing what other people have said today. Well, I think this is absolutely packed with information and all wonderful ideas and concepts and well put together. I think implementing this is going to be challenging for a lot of the nonprofits on the mm-hmm. call because of kind of what Carrie said is, you know, the capacity. Um and, and some of kind of the other things that you mentioned, Carrie, like, OK, if we spend the money to do this, then it's coming from somewhere. We're either having to cut our programs, cut our people, um, you know, something like that. So, you know, I don't know. I just I think an open conversation about, you know, where the county um, sees this going and what would be the most helpful would be, would be great. That being said, thank you all for your work today and putting this together. Thank you. And we appreciate that feedback. Um, and we'll certainly, um, look to see what we can do to, to implement, whether it's a talking session or open session. Um, we will certainly look to follow up on that. So thank you for the feedback. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's great feedback. Um, okay, so um, uh, just, I guess, moving forward now as we navigate through some of these steps, um, uh, I was going to go through each design thinking so you can think about questions um, that you can ask ask yourself and um, okay, I'm sorry, I'm seeing the chat uh, stuff too. Um, Barb, do you think I don't want to cut off the discussion? Do you think that we should cut some of what we had planned for the presentation to talk more, or should I keep going? I think let's keep presenting, okay. um, and we can have kind of that during some of the question and the answer. Okay, okay. So um, just the the very, um, the very first part of this is understanding what the community need is and, um, uh, and um, aligning your mission to the community need and finding an RFP that aligns to that. So once you understand the need and do a needs assessment for data, because a lot of these um, uh, proposals, especially for federal funding, are very data driven. Um, So codifying the need with data is really important. So um, and I can go pretty quickly through these and, and just as I'm going through the whole time, um, and as Barb said, and as Tom hinted at, like, and what you're already doing from the discussion, think about how you can see this fitting into your um, organization. Um, and then, um, so if you've ascertained the need um, for the next step is to uh, define that. 
uh, along to the RFP goals. So there's um, uh, determining the need. Um, so there's um, some quick yes or no questions, like as you're scanning the RFP that you can answer, um, like before you get through this um, process. So is your organization eligible? Um, even before you bring it to, to leadership to help you determine capacity. Um, so is your organization eligible? Uh, does the RFP timeline align to your programmatic timeline? And are the funding levels that are indicated in the RFP enough to execute your programming? And then after that, we do have a capacity checklist um, that we've also included in this packet um, that I could take the time to um, share. So hold on one second. Hold on, I'm sorry, now I can't get back. Um, so we've put together a capacity checklist. Um, so, and Tom addressed some of these already. So I divided it up into program management, evaluation, fiscal management, and reporting and compliance. And there are some important questions on that um, document already. Um, so uh, that we've kind of already addressed um, through here. So, um, and then again, if your answer is no, and this, and I, I will say that a lot of grants that are listed on grants.gov and our federal opportunities, once it's posted, there's a 90 day window to apply. Um, but again, as someone coming from a, a small nonprofit, it did take us three years. And then after we got the grant and hired the staff that we thought we needed to help with the financial compliance and like the or the fiscal management like there was definitely an increase and I'm like a program person I was thinking about the programming the whole time we hired someone that was focused on just accounts payables and receivables uh, for part time and wanted her to manage like our database as well. And it turned out that her whole job was just managing <laughs> the receipts. And then this that was pushed on um, another person's um, plate. So really taking the time to make the staffing plans and everything is very important. So I really understand <laughs> where you're coming from with staff capacity and even the best plans need adjustments as you're implementing the grant. Um, so kind of be thinking about those things when you're determining your capacity, which you're already doing such a great job of articulating now. Um, and then I'll go back to the PowerPoint. So then as you're going through the decision tree, you can think about capacity. And again, I just wanted to emphasize, uh, which was also in um, Tom's document, that leadership um, really defines if the opportunity is not the program man, uh, project manager for the grant or the grant writer. It's that leadership kind of 
sets that expectation and is the final decision maker when it comes to capacity. Um, so then on the next step, um, you get to generate ideas uh, on the design thinking page. Um, and this is where you start brainstorming program design. Um, and then on this slide, I think about program quality a lot. So um, are your programmatic ideas a good idea that are like specific to the RFP? Is it backed by data and are the outcomes measurable and evidence-based? So um, this will make your application stand out more. And again, with the cost component, not everybody has a study, but there might be other studies um, nationally that you're aware of in your work that you can cite um, and pull from. So I won't go through every question and you can go through this um, on your own. And at this point, you should also be talking to the funder. So uh, on every um, RFP, there's usually a, a contact person at the agency listed. Um, and then they also give webinars so you can get a great idea about how they define a quality programming from, um, you know, reading through the RFP, but also listening to kind of what they're looking for. And then just to check in where we are, we're moving on to um, uh, we're moving on to uh, generating ideas. And then um, so this is where you're outlining a specific um, work plan or logic model model um, and you're also working on your application and project development. Um, and then on the next slide, then you're ready to test. And again, this is about ending at the application stage. So I recommend doing a like, you know, sharing it with others in your organization or outside of your organization, like on your board to read through, but then also going through and doing like a, a formal like mock proposal um, where people go through and, and score and then you go back and um, you can go back to other steps to uh, highlight areas that are lacking. Um, and then after you've tested it and updated the proposal, um, you can hit the submit button. And one thing I wanted to highlight, too, that it is the organizational leadership that is the signatory and responsible for all of the um, the legal uh, information and compliance. So um, they should be the ones that hit the submit button. A lot of the times the grants manager are uploading all of the applications and you could set a, a meeting to go through all of the final documents and everything with the executive director. So, um, yeah, so um, that is taking you through the decision tree, which, again, you could look through on your own. Um, so, I mean, again, this was a lot and I I. I wanted to have more information 
um, for questions where you can kind of look through the decision tree um, on your own. And I wanted to take this um, point um, to mention, too, that, um, uh, you know, I'm only like a phone call away to go through some of these things. And then eventually in the future, uh, I will be prospecting federal opportunities and offering some assistance in reading through proposals um, or uh, responding to um, some of your questions. Um, so, um, Tracy, there are yeah. a couple questions in the chat. Sure. Um, and I know Daryl might be addressing them, but Good. are we going to spend some time on capturing the data? Um, case management, um, and specifically, um, I'm asking about case management of our programs and the number of beneficiaries served and number of points. We are implementing Apricot by Social Solutions. Want to understand why my fellow nonprofits are using what my fellow nonprofits are using to collect data on their specific programs. So there's a data question. Um, and then also a question about, do you have roles and job descriptions of what of what the implementation and management team would look like once we get funding? Sure. So we will be having a data best practices session in uh, the spring. Um, so we can take a deeper look at that then and I wish Megan was on the call right now, um, but yeah, so we do plan to take a deeper look at data and have some county data available that you can just automatically plug into your RFPs. When we were talking to nonprofits about what they needed when, when we started to design these trainings, um, data was like far and away one of the, the biggest things that uh, people were asking for. So that's right in, in line. And then um, what was the other question, Barb? About roles and responsibilities once funding um, is received. Um, I and, and job descriptions. Yeah, I don't have that now. We articulated kind of um, the roles and responsibilities um, as you were applying for the grant, um, but not afterwards as you were managing it. Tracy, can I ask you a specific question? When sure. you mentioned the small nonprofit you worked for, what was your staffing level prior to receiving the federal grant and how many FTEs did you add after? You won? So we had two full-time and one part-time. Okay. And, um, and then um, we received the federal grant the first year. It took us two years to implement the okay. grant. Um, we received it two more times after that and um, eventually got up to six people um, when I left. Um, and, uh, and collaboration was a big part of it. We were a nonprofit membership organization. Um, so working towards equitable access in arts and humanities education. So, and the grant was about helping us build our data so we can use it for future, <laughs> future grants. So we, um, eventually like, um, the grant was to 
help us basically do a study in arts education um, that could help us apply for future funding. So that was the um, first step. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, if there are no more questions, I guess I can hand it over to um, Daryl to talk about prospecting. So um, the, the first part of the application phase. Hi, thanks, Tracy. Um, Good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. I really do appreciate uh, the comments and feedback. Uh, Carrie, I would say just listening to you earlier, it's, it's not whining, it's not complaining. These are really very real issues that I know you're all facing. And honestly, the, the county faces capacity issues on a daily basis too, um, specifically our grants team. So we're all rowing in the same direction. I completely understand uh, where you're coming from. Um, Tracy, Barb, how much time do I have? We end at 11.30. I probably just need five minutes to talk about um, the next steps. But. Okay, sounds good. Um, so I'm going to start with um, <laughs> by waxing poetic a little bit. Um, I always give this little spiel before I start expounding on grants prospecting, but um, you know, science, science and art are sometimes depicted as opposites, um, even though they have a lot of things in common. Um, science involves the systematic observation of, of phenomenon, data gathering, careful analysis, um, along with formulation, testing and modification of hypotheses. Um, art is the creative expression and use of imagination to evoke feelings from the witness. So science builds its foundation on observable facts. Art captures beauty and emotional power. Uh, yet both rely on skills that can be taught, um, a specific dedication to a discipline, and a desire to communicate something to an audience beyond oneself. So the way I see it, if science and art were part of a Venn diagram, grant writing would exist where the two circles overlap. Uh, science provides the bones and structure of a grants proposal, uh, the background, the data, the methods. Uh, art comes from the narrative. Uh, you as the writer, me as the writer, control and guide the reader and really hold sway over how this audience digests the science. Um, why is that data significant? What impact will the methods have? Um, so I always say uh, grant writing really is an art and a science. And forgive me for being a little dramatic, but uh, this relationship is really why I love doing what I do. So um, for, for nonprofit organizations, you know, the ability to write a successful grant proposal is often the difference between having the funds necessary to back the next big step, the next big project, um, and needing to wait or defer those dreams until another round of funding. So I really look at 
prospecting these grants and this process uh, in four pieces. Uh, the prospect selection, funding type, content, and management. So when you're looking at prospect selection, you know, it's it's not always just a numbers game. Um, you can't just blanketly apply for all grants that look like they may fit what you're trying to do. Um, it, it's, it's futile. You're really not going to put forth your best effort. Um, and it's really not going to drill down to what you need. Instead, I think you need to focus on a deliberate number of carefully crafted and well-aligned proposals um, that fit what you need. The next piece to that is funding type. Um, modern grant projects or proposals are typically rooted in pilot projects, new, um, new projects, uh, program and service delivery expansions, uh, capital projects, spending money to build things and construct, and revitalization, taking things that already exist and reimagining or uh, rehabilitating them. Um, now you'll you'll notice that rarely you'll will you find a grant that covers any operating costs. Um, if you do, it's it's really uh, a phoenix. Um, and if that's something that you need to uh, do your project, you should capitalize on it because it's not something you see very often. The next piece of the project is, uh, process is content. So this is where art meets the science. Um, sources of funding all have different communication styles. They're all motivated differently and they have different expectations of grant recipients. I would highly encourage, especially based on the conversation that we've already had today, stay in contact with the grantor. Um, attend webinars, note email addresses and phone numbers, contact with questions, and even after the fact, yes, get feedback. You're not always going to be successful in your grant writing. Um, I have a pretty good record, but I've failed many times, and you are too. Um, so when when you do get that notice that you haven't been chosen for funding, follow up on that. Make sure you get the feedback, get the scores um, for your application, if at all possible, so that you know that the audience to who you were writing to, what worked for them and where there are opportunities to make things different in the next funding cycle. Um, so preparation and follow up are, are very key. Uh, to crafting content that's going to speak to your audience um, when writing a grant proposal. The next step is management. I know we've talked a little bit about this in the chart as well. So the management of a grant starts way before any money is awarded, before any money goes into your accounts. Um, effective design of the grant, strategic planning, and program development are essential elements. Uh, some of the things that are very important for managing these grants are following regulations and remaining in compliance with these regulations, making sure that your organization is implementing evidence-based and best practices, um, establishing clear roles and responsibilities before the fact. Um, 99 times out of 100, you're going to have to elaborate on this in the application anyway. 
Um, what are you going to do once you get the money? Who's going to handle this? Who's going to take care of the reporting um, from the time that the money comes in till the close? Um, I think another few things that are key for a nonprofit to, to consider when managing grants, um, you want to find some way to create a tracking tool and a grants calendar. Um, this will help remind the team, no matter if it's one person or the entire office, of what deadlines there are, what the organization's priorities are, and it promotes good communication between the different facets of the team. Um, another thing I would recommend is keeping an updated history of funders. Um, make sure that you know who has provided support for your programs and your projects throughout the organization's history, uh, keeping tabs on, you know, their 990s, their tax forms, their their other grant offerings, things that may prove useful in future applications. Um, I did see this in the in the chat as well, and I think that's something that um, a countywide database or some sort of shared database could do. But developing a library of boilerplate language. Um, and supporting documents, whether they be letters of support, tax information, or whatever. Anything that helps the process go smoother, um, things that you're typically going to use from one grant to another, um, keep those in a file. Um, no sense in recreating the wheel if you already have that information. Dump it in there. Move on to something more important, like the narrative. Um, and make sure you report on your progress to your stakeholders on a regular basis um, so that they know um, what direction you're heading, um, where your successes have been, and how that applies to the overall mission of your organization. So I'll, um, you know, stop talking for a couple seconds now and just talk about um, funding opportunities. Um, there is another poll that we've put together, and I will make it active now, but I want to know which organizations have you used to prospect for grants. So you can pick more than one of these. Um, you can pick all of them. Um, but I, I'll give you just a few seconds to look through some of the more common options um of where you prospect for any grant opportunities i'm glad to see a lot of responses coming in for the uh, community foundation a very um, important partner for us um, here at the county. I do see that there are none, so that's good too. That's why we're meeting here today. Um, for those of you that selected other, and the answer is not none, um, could you unmute yourself for a second and let me know who else you use on a regular basis to do your prospecting? Everybody got shy all of a sudden. <laughs> well, 
I will speak about one of these uh, resources that I use on a regular basis. So um, my role here with the county is um, to support our 37 departments in um, researching um, and applying for grant funding to support our programs. Um, so I regularly uh, prospect not only federal sources, but states. And yes, I use foundations uh, as a resource as well. Uh, for any priorities set forth by the Board of Supervisors or by the department heads um, to, to seek that funding. And one of the main places that I use is grants.gov. This is the repository for all federal grant opportunities. And I'm just going to take a few minutes and I'm going to share my screen and just go through some information uh, on grants.gov that will help you navigate this moving forward. Let me switch over to that real quick. And I hope and everybody. Yeah, go ahead, Barb. Just a feedback in the chat. Some picked other because there was a not a non button or none button. Yeah, I, I, I figured we should have added uh, none of the above after the fact. So uh, no better for the future. Um, if anybody cannot see my screen at the moment, please let me know. Um, but this is the landing page for grants.gov. Um, we see up top we can register for an account with grants.gov or log in. Um, there are different tabs across the top here. Uh, there's a lot of great information on how to best apply for grants. There's the Grants.gov has their own training, their own um, tips and tools on how to access some of these funding opportunities, um, a little background on some of the agencies that uh, offer these grants, the different programs, reporting policies, uh, grant terminology if you're just trying to learn the lingo. Um, it's it's a very secular kind of world from time to time, so understanding all the acronyms and lingo um, can be a challenge. Um, this this may be helpful in helping learn some of those um, nuanced words and phrases. Um, one of the most important things for us to do is to search. So there's a tab up here for searching out grants. That will take you to this main page that shows um, that currently in the forecasted or posted grants, because I have these two boxes checked here on the left, they're just shy of 2,500 overall results um, for grant offerings. Um, we can obviously go through each of these and look and see what may match what we're looking for, but you know that's obviously not the, the most uh, time-effective way. So we have a lot of different ways to narrow down our search. Um, in these boxes on the left that will help us drill down into what we're actually looking for. Um, so you can sort these grants um, by an actual grant, uh, procurement contracts, cooperative agreements. So we'll just say we're looking for grants. The next box talks about the eligibility. So if your eligible to apply for these grants, we would probably look at nonprofits and 
there's a, a box here for nonprofits with 501c3 and a box for nonprofits without 501c3. Um, we can narrow that down even further if we click more than one box. But for the sake of our navigation here today, we'll just look at, at nonprofits. The next box talks about the categories. Um, so you can drill down even further into specific categories of funding, um, including community development, consumer protection, educational programs, employment and labor programs. Um, so if we look at that, now we've gone from, you know, just short of 2,500 opportunities to less than 10. Um, so if you're a 501c3 nonprofit who's looking at implementing an educational program for whatever reason, this might be the search parameters that you're looking for. Um, and then you'll see what what grants are available. Um, and when you pull up what's available, once you've reached your your matches, you have the opportunity number. Uh, this will take you to the specific grant what we'll do in a minute. Um, it'll give you the title of the um, the notice, uh, which agency uh, is offering the notice. So the Department of Labor here. Um, the opportunity status. So if it's forecasted, that means that the program has been announced, um, but the actual funding window has not opened. Uh, so applications are not open at this time. So for example, the second program, a nursing expansion grant program, um, it was posted and opened on October 3rd with a closing date of app for applications of January 6th of next year. So if we click on the opportunity number, it brings us to the specific grant landing page. So this will tell you all the general information about the grant that you're looking for, and you can make the best educated decision on uh, whether or not that fits what you're trying to accomplish. So it'll tell you, again, the title of the program, the funding instrument type, this is an actual grant program, we see down here they they actually list the expected number of awards. Um, so this program already has an estimation of how many awards they plan on giving out. In this case, it's 25. Um, it'll also tell you if there's any cost sharing or match required from your organization. Um, sometimes you may be responsible for up to 20 to 25 percent of the total costs that are um, supplied and funded by the grant. Um, again, it will show the posting date, any dates of any updates or amendments to the notice, um, and due dates. It will also show you the uh, total funding available for this program. In this case, it's $80 million. Um, the award ceiling tells you what the maximum uh, award amount will be, in this case, $6 million. And they're estimating that the award floors, the, the lowest amount um, that they intend to give out is at a million dollars. Scrolling down through the next boxes, it also goes over eligibility. So again, you can look and see um, nonprofits that have a 501c3 status. Yes, we are eligible to apply for this grant. And then it has information on uh, just a brief description of what the program is offering and what it might be for you. 
And again, there's contact information here at the bottom for the grants manager for this particular program. So if we scroll back up and we go to these boxes, it will show how many different versions have been posted, but more importantly, it will show related documents. This is where you'll actually see the full uh, notice of funding. So there's the full announcement um, for this grant. If you have the ability to easily do zips, that's fine. I usually just go to the actual notice of announcement, which is typically a PDF. And it will give you all the information that you're looking for as far as the description of the program, uh, the purpose, who is authorizing it, award information, more importantly, how to apply and what's required for submission of the application. Um, due dates and everything are all in here. So if you have any questions on how this comes through, then you can go back and contact your grant officer. Um, oftentimes they offer webinars. Um, again, I, I highly recommend that you attend any trainings that may be offered with a grant that you've identified as something you want to do um, <clears throat> or ask directed questions to the project officer or, or someone else. Um, so in a nutshell, that's what grants.gov will show you. Um, also, we notice when we are on our specific grant, we have the opportunity to apply. Um, so if we've read through the NOFO, we've met all the criteria, we've gathered everything together, you would just click on this apply button once you have an account with grants.gov and it would take you to that page. All right. We do have a question in the chat of speaking to the process of getting registered with grants.gov. Yep. Um, so let me open the slides. So um, Barb, um, we'll, we will be presenting like a technical assistance workshop of um, uh, setting up online workspaces on the 27th. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time, whatever that saying is. Um, so, uh, but they're part of the homework um, from this uh, this training is uh, to, to register on grants.gov to prepare for that. So we will provide a registration link on grants.gov later. And then in two weeks, Barb will talk us through setting up a, an online workspace. So. Um, yeah, and and I'm sorry, go ahead, Tracy. No, go ahead, Daryl. I was just going to say, and, and again, that's here at the top uh, where you register. Um, big red button here that says get registered now, and it's going to take your information. You'll create a username and a password. Uh, you can decide whether or not you want alerts or the um, semi-regular newsletter from grants.gov and go from there. Um, I would encourage anyone um, who has questions, um, please contact me. I know Tracy's always available. Um, I'm happy to help 
in any way that I can moving forward as well. Um, so we'll make sure you have access to to me um, and Barb. Um, we're all here to support our nonprofits uh, in any way that we possibly can. Um, and if you have any specific questions about my ramblings for the last 15 to 20 minutes, get in touch with me on that too. But um, And I think, Daryl, you already talked about tracking um, grants in a, a spreadsheet. Um, do you want to briefly mention what you do at the county level and how it connects to our board priorities and everything? Yeah, so among the many types of nerd that I am, a spreadsheet nerd is probably one of the foremost. Um, I live in Excel, and I love uh, data and colors and organization in Excel. Um, so I've created multiple spreadsheets uh, that just track um, <clears throat> who I'm contacting for grants, what priorities have been set for us through the county. Um, when those grants become available, how we, if we've applied, any number of things. Um, and I'd be happy to share some of my templates uh, with with anyone who uh, wants to start tracking those things. But it's very important um, to keep track of what has gone on in the past, um, because that will best inform what you're going to do in the future. Again, that's me on my soapbox. Um, but I will give everyone a little bit of homework. Um, I know you've liked me up until now, but you probably like me a little bit less now. Um, <clears throat> but we have pulled a an example of a typical grant through uh, Grants.gov. Um, it's a historic preservation fund for African-American civil rights grants. Um, so if you see this in your uh, slides, uh, just give this a review before our next uh, seminar, which I believe is in two weeks on October 27th, um, and take a look at some of the things that um, we've talked about today, the notice, um, how many awards, who you would contact as a pro uh, project manager, things like that, and we'll talk about them again um, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and this grant might not be eligible like for everybody but we thought it was a good like template or sample um, so we might have a minute for one more <laughs> we might have time for one more question there aren't any in the chat so if somebody okay. has something just unmute yourself Okay, so um, Daryl mentioned uh, the homework, so you can <laughs> register on grants.gov and sam.gov. Um, sam.gov's unique entity identifier re replaces the old DUNS number, um, so just make sure your organization is registered, and then go ahead and review the RFP that Daryl picked out, and then you can register for the next session. Um, that one is going to be in person uh, in the Lovettsville room at the Government Center uh, in Leesburg. So um, I have some uh, like, uh, visiting directions and everything that um, language that I'll send out to you prior to then. Um, and then also um, our county nonprofit updates. So you might have noticed um, grant awards uh, or 
grant applications have both the ARPA recently and the CDBG and these registration uh, informations have come out through the nonprofit updates that the county does and they're reactivating this. So um, this is how you sign up. So you can go to the link that's on the template. Um, this was provided at the last session too. So I'll breeze through this, use your email to sign in and then scroll to nonprofit updates in the newsflash section and select the email icon. So then you'll be on our email list. So anytime we have updates, um, you'll get them. And then after our um, prospecting uh, funding alerts uh, get approved, this is how they will be sent as well. Um, so uh, go and ahead. And I Barb. just want to reiterate the importance of signing up for this because um, all of our press releases of from whether it's from our department or Department of Family Services, everything that's related to nonprofits will be pushed out through this. Um, so it's critically important to um, stay up to date on the information that the county is providing. So if you haven't already signed up, um, please do so. Um, so I guess if there are no more questions, that's all that uh, we have today and um, thank all of, I just want to thank all of you for coming. You've talked about <laughs> capacity this whole time. So I know making the time to even attend um, one of these trainings is a big deal. And um, so, yeah, thank you for coming and please, please, please fill out the session evaluation. Um, there's a, a section on there that suggests uh, future trainings or uh, uh, future opportunities for nonprofits, and we'd love to hear um, love to hear from you about that. Um, well, and likewise, thank you for all of your time and and putting this information together in these series. I mean, it, it's great to see the effort that's being placed on on prioritizing nonprofits, and we appreciate that. Great, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Appreciate the feedback. So we'll send out some follow-up materials. Um, make sure you have Daryl and Barb's contact info too. I know you've got a lot of emails from me recently, so I know you have mine, um, but I'll make sure you have Daryl's and Barb's, uh, of course. So yeah, thank you so hope much. Hope to hear from some of you guys. <laughs> thank you all, and thank you all for what you do in our community to make it a, a better place to live and work. So thanks for your work. Yeah. Have a Bye good all. dry Thursday. Yep. <laughs>